All right, good morning, kings and queens. You have reached another version of Chosen Discussions. And this one is a very, very, very special one because it is enacting the two-year anniversary of Chosen Kings and Queens podcast. Uh, again, we have our last panelist from the very last Chosen Discussion. Um, we have Mark Arnold. We have Lex, because she don't want me to say the rest of her name. Uh, <laughs> Tia. And then Josh will be jumping on a little bit later, but each one of them will go ahead and introduce themselves, tell a little bit about themselves, and then we'll get into the topic for this discussion. We're going to go with Lex first. My name is Lex. I'm 25. I live in Atlanta, and I am this close to not trying to do drugs every day. Well, all right, <laughs> Mark. Uh, so what's good, ladies and gents? My name is Mark, uh, and I am the host of the podcast Work in Progress. Don't ask me how much progress I've been making. The answer is negative amounts. Um, but I am definitely happy to be back on the Chosen Kings and Queens uh, Chosen Discussion. Oh, I'm Tia. I was really staring at Josh's picture. He looks really handsome here. Um, <laughs> um, I'm Tia. I'm from Jersey. I'm 26. And there's no place I'd rather be. He looks really handsome. Yeah, adorable. Josh. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, people? It is, it is Josh uh, from the waters of Louisiana. Um, just grateful to be in the space, grateful to show love to all these beautiful people here. And yeah, just blessed to be in this meeting of the minds. I love you, Letitia Choice. It's the eye roll that just kind of <laughs> sells that whole thing. It's <laughs> it comes to her soul. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. <laughs> Just do this. She knows I love her. If any of you guys know me and Josh's relationship, it's very strange. <laughs> However, we're going to go ahead and get into the topic of today. And today's topic is called change. Um, we endure a lot of it over the courses of our lives from adolescence to teenage years to adulthood to um, weeping willows as we get older. Um, However, uh, change is not only when it comes to us as people, but our surroundings, uh, the buildings we walk into every day, the people we encounter, et cetera. Um, and with everything going on in today's society, change is definitely something that uh, we all need to talk about and discuss. So we're going to go from adolescence all the way up until we decide to take off this earth, as what Lex would say. <laughs> and then and then go from there. So to start off the conversation today is going to be Mark Arnold, and he will go into the adolescence of change. Okay, awesome. Uh, so as far as like with the changing in adolescence, uh, from what I've noticed, there's been like a lot of differences that I've seen between how we were whenever we were growing up as kids and then how kids are growing up today. Like, 
when we were younger, I know that a lot of times there was like a, a question that we had to ask, like, does TV imitate life or does life imitate TV? Um, I honestly feel as if uh, before TV used to imitate life because it was literally, you know, taking things that were based on a true story and then transitioning it onto like the TV screen in order for us to actually kind of see that being reflected. Um, now over the course of time that did transition to life now imitating TV because not everybody wants to be a real housewife of America or they want to be a, a, a member of like Survivor or whatever other reality TV shows that they have out there that aren't even real. Which I find to be kind of Not quite certain I know what the word is for it. Describe it. Uh, so it kind of frustrates me, like, because I remember growing up and then I remember seeing stuff and I'm like, oh, wow, that really happened. And then like learning more so from gaining the experience, watching others that were in like my real life compared to learning any kind of things like from TV. I mean, well, mine is watching, of course, like kids shows like Sesame Street and stuff like that, but that doesn't count in comparison to like real life experiences like um, how to like, like, you know, having good or more good moral compass or things of that nature, which you learn from other experiences. Okay. So are you suggesting that TV can change the mindsets of us as kids or did it change us as kids? I feel as if when we were, I feel as if back then it didn't really change. It wasn't, it wasn't um, persuasive. It was more informative. In comparison to now where it's actually a lot more persuasive. Okay. So I'm going to counteract that. When we were kids, my favorite TV show, what, or my favorite TV shows were Cyber Chase and Out of the Box, right? They like Zoom? Okay. Eh, no, nah, because it made me feel weird. <laughs> Man, like, that's why I, was, I was having nightmares was about, no, <laughs> no. Uh, yes. Who has nightmares about Zoom? Hey. Next. I mean, uh, man, do you still do you still know the song from Out of the Box? Out of the yep. Box. Out yes. of the Box. Talking about the end, the end song, the goodbye song. Oh yeah, I know that one too. I sing it with my yep. kids at work. Yep. <laughs> but anywho, besides the point, yes, I had nightmares about Zoom. It was a lot of things I just couldn't watch. Like I was reading into it way too much. I was overanalyzing as a kid. Anywho, um, but Cyber Chase and. Out of the box, my favorite things. One, because I grew up into a person who loves DIY, loves to do things and make things out of anything that I have. And then you have Cyber Chase, which is STEM, everything science, uh, scientific, math, mathematical, etc. But if you if you go back and look at those those TV shows, it also had a subliminal message behind it too. It wanted you to do these things. It wanted you to not only go outside and play. But it also wanted you to be like, okay, well, education is da 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 da, and you got to da 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 in order to get da 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 here. 
And so, like, I would still say that the TV shows that we watch now or the, what kids watch now is definitely, it persuades them to do other things. That doesn't persuade them into school, so to say. But I honestly say that a lot of a lot of the TV shows and the movies that we had, we had a lot more subliminal messages that we didn't catch when we were younger. But now that we watch it when we're older, we're like, hold up. I shouldn't have been watching this as a kid. So so what I, I get where you're where you're coming from with that because it's now it's it's a lot more direct now than it was back then because back then it was like an undertone compared to now where it's just literally in your face and the message yeah mm-hmm. and it's not always a good message like so teaching kindergarten right is the funniest thing because I be watching the shows and I'm like did that go over their head that had to go over their head but because I'm older than them like it didn't go over my head but sometimes it doesn't like we just found out that it's a YouTube show about this blue guy or whatever and I'm like oh he kills his family his name is Huggy Wuggy he has a cousin named Kissy Wissy and they kill their family but when my kids introduced me to it it was just like he hugs you and loves you until you burst with joy no it's a theme song and he says like I hate everyone in my family and I can't wait to kill you all and <laughs> one day I came, to work, I came to work and my kids were very upset because I was out for three days and they hate when they have subs and all of my kids wanted to hug randomly kids that have never hugged me before Miss Morris I'm gonna hug you and I'm like why are y'all talking to me like that and they're like because Huggy Wuggy hugs when he doesn't feel a way and I'm like Okay, if people who don't know my kids have social emotional issues and it's, you know, attachment is a thing. And I watched the video and he hugged every single person in his family and they kissed every single person and they just died. So I contacted my parents, like, hi, your kids are watching this. And it looks like, just like Barney, it's this big, tall figure. He's blue, he has red lips. And wow. it looks innocent until you read the lyrics or you listen to the song after he hugs everyone and you wonder why all his family is just sleeping and they never wake up, right? So it's like your kids are taking this in and they think it's just fun and it's it's not what it is. It's literally, he's a, a killer. He kills his entire family. Him and his cousin kill everybody, but they kill them through love and affection. And my kids eat this up. They're five. Right. So the same way I ate up Barney and I love you. And I really believe that if I loved you, you was going to love me. And then you grow up and you realize that's not it. They're eating this up, this theme song where someone loves you and you just go to sleep and you never wake up. But I feel like that's another issue that we have to tackle, because when we were younger, a lot of our screen time was solely on TV. And very mm-hmm. vetted. Now, kids are growing up now. They can watch YouTube and YouTube doesn't have that same system. YouTube is something for the people to make for other people, which means it doesn't go through the process of going through writers and producers and all these people before it hits the screen. It could be one to two people having an idea and putting it out and it's just popular. So now we have to understand that we're in a different time where you can reach millions of people in less than 30 seconds. Well, while back in the day, that was way harder to actually commit to. Yeah. Yeah, because you had to take into account. Like back in the day, they also had like they had to put in their advertisements, and then you had like a very limited window, like nineteen minutes or less, in order to actually get across a message that you wanted to get across. 
Whereas with now, you really have like no time limit. Like the sky is literally the minute. I've seen like four hour videos on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite, one of my favorite shows growing up, I don't know if nobody ever watched this, it's called Ghost Rider. That was my show. Ghost Rider. Yo, some of the stuff they said on there was like, it literally would go over your head until you actually like, like you had to watch like the episode like two or three times in order to get what they were saying. They had one episode that tackled gang life, one episode that tackled computer hacking. Then this one episode where they had this little green, great looking dude who was a monster who tried to kidnap somebody, kidnap a dude's sister, and they wrote a whole story about it. Um, they had any, like I said, they tackled issues like uh, the guy, um, his cousin, her mom had a drinking problem and she had to come stay with them. And, and they literally unpacked that in the show. And it was like, like that was, I, I, I felt like growing up, I felt like life was like Ghost Rider in the sense until I realized it wasn't. And today, you got these kids that spend majority of the time, if not all the time, behind the screen, or in front of a screen. And they think that Grand Theft Auto is law. They think that uh, 2K, well, yeah, 2K and Madden, like, well, Grand Theft Auto, Gears of War, Call of Duty, all of that, all them shooting games, all them um, first person shooting games. And they go out on the street and feel like, okay, this is, like, I'm, I'm gonna do this today. I'm gonna try this today. And then you, also have though you also have those like teenagers going into adulthood like 16 17 18 those who were exposed to the same type of games and stuff and they take it a step further and i ain't gonna go into alt alt right and the far left and stuff like that but that they they that, that's what they get it from they get it from these games and stuff that they play on a constant regular basis that's all they see so that's all they see, that's all they're gonna do. Like grind up all oh, good. Oh, I think it's a lot of like what Mark was saying, right? So when we grew up, TV imitated our life, right? So it was what we seen, what was our norm was projected on the screen. Now it's a little different, right? Because my kids think being a rapper is like a thing. Like, oh, he rap, he gets money and this is what this is. And it's like, you don't know you can go to school and get a degree and be just as successful, right? You don't right. know because that's not what you see every day. What you see is every day is young men that look like you rapping about girls and getting money and you want to be that person when there's a whole other side of life you have never seen because it's not popular and it's not put on the screen, right? We grew up in 16 and pregnant wasn't a story where it was like, yeah, I want to be that girl. Hell no, I don't want to be her. Like I'm missing prom, this baby crying. I'm 26 and not trying to be pregnant. Like, but you have little girls who think it's cute. Like, yeah, she got a TV show. She a celebrity, but she also don't have sleep. She don't have a support system. She's suicidal, but this ain't what you see. What you see is that they walk the red carpet and you want to do that. But there's so many other ways to do just that. Right. But what's popular isn't what's realistic. Like contractors, people who, who got blue collar jobs, lawyers, doctors, surgeons, philanthropists, all go to school, invest in themselves, 
even if they don't go to school, invest in themselves, take a risk on themselves and get money necessarily the right way. You're willing to do it the wrong way for the fame and the fortune because that's what you see. And it's like really sad. It's a really sad thing. When people, when I asked my kids what they wanted to be when they grew up, and again, they are five, a lot of them said a singer, a rock star, right? But when you ask them why, they go, Jojo, see how I wear bowls all day on YouTube and she makes a lot of money. But first off, you don't even, you can't spell Jojo Siwa. Like that's, you can't spell. You don't know your letter sounds, right? But you want to wear a bow on YouTube and make money because that's what you see, right? I have the other kids that's like, I want to be a scientist. Why? Because science is fun, right? And you apply yourself, but then you have kids who don't. They go to big, big girl and big boy school and they still lack that. Why? Because TV shows them that there is a quicker, easier way or it looks easier and it's really not. You lose so much when you go that way. That actually reminds me of the show that I remember seeing on Discovery Channel, like, a lot. It's called Dirty Jobs. Yeah. Mm. Like, the dude literally goes to, like, all these different places, like, all these different people that's, that have, like, these different jobs, like, those hardworking jobs, like, plumbers, garbage men, all of that. And then it's, like, he goes through, like, learning how to do their job and then doing their job with them. And it's like, it's teaching like the value of that everybody's job is important. And everybody's like, even if you don't, like, let's say that you don't have a college education, you can still be, you know, contributing in some shape, form or fact. You don't have to be a singer or a rapper or anything like that in order to contribute. And I think that that's what kind of goes over a lot of people's heads because of how the media projects things. Yeah, no, it, it, they project- it really does. Yeah, they projected as if you have to have a college education in order to make money. You have to do this, you have to do that. My brother makes more money than me, like significantly amount more more money than me. And I have a master's degree. I struggle to find a job, not only in my field, but just in a field alone. Because you get you get to the point to where people is like, oh, well, you're either underqualified or you're overqualified now. And what's the point of us going to school when I can go and do a trade and do all this other stuff? and make mad money it, at, at this point the only thing that they're teaching these kids is that if you do this or if you go sing if you can play ball if you can you throw a football around you can hit a baseball more than 70 miles per hour etc 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 then you're going to su- succeed in life but what happens if they get hurt what happens about all of the the negative portions that come along with that or something you know something to that nature because it doesn't make any sense so now that now that gets into the question of does media solely is media solely to blame for the actions of our children? No, 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 no it's not. It's not. No, it's 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 media and and it's the parents. It's the media and it's the parents. But now, right? So when you say the parents, think about it, right? I can't speak for everybody, but me specifically. My mom is old. Mm-hmm. Clarice is up there in age. My mom ain't 30, my mom ain't 40. She's seasoned, okay? You got these kids having kids, like, and they're raising their kids like them. It perpetuates a cycle. One of my kids' parents, I think, is 26. She has a five-year-old. This little girl got on crop tops. She cursed. She always got weave in her hair. I thought you were five, not 15. But then you look at mom and it's like, 
you look like you're 15. You haven't grown. You haven't matured. You think this is cute. And now you're literally raising the same thing that wasn't already raised, right? You didn't give yourself time to grow and be this adult person before you had a little person who is now going to be an exact replica of what you are. So you think this is cute. Kids cursing on TikTok, shooting their friends, playing squid games and all of that. And your kid is doing it. And then it's, oh, well, I let her watch TV. Your kid is attached. She was a tablet toddler, right? And now she's five in kindergarten, doesn't know any of the fundamentals, doesn't know how to play with her friends, can curse and be grown and fresh. And you think it's cute because this is who you are. Right. So her social interaction is, is gone. Like it's, it's kids raising kids. And yeah. now I'm not going to say that for everyone because there are, there are some people who had kids who were young who are very mature for their age and their kids show it, the, the upbringing of their children show it. However, mm -hmm. in this generation, especially if you come from our family or like our parents and whatnot, because a lot of our parents are in are, are older. A lot of mm -hmm. our parents are older. So mm -hmm. j just me saying this from, from experience, my mom was a young mom, a, a very young mom with three kids. But if you look at our upbringing versus the kids I see now bringing into society, my mom did. My mom didn't give us her her phone. One, no. there was no re it was no reason for her to give us her Ooh. phone because she had the box. Like we had, she had the little box. No kid with the only thing I was gonna play was my sweet. What, what I'm gonna see? After I'm that. trying to tell you in that game where you go and the little dog and the little, little snake, snake. Like little yo, snake no, like my mom had kids literally like on tablets all day. You're not interacting with people. You don't know how to have a functional communication with someone. Nope. And then you get upset when someone tries to take away your technology. And I understand that this is a society where technology is literally leading the world, but it's also deteriorating the minds of our youth. And mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're also gang-ho when it comes to youth are this and youth are this and youth are going to be the, you know, the next leaders of the world. But if they're constantly not able to hold a, a effective conversation with me, or how am I going to trust them to do anything? Yeah, you might be tech savvy. I'm not tech savvy. We all know this, mm. but that right, doesn't right. mean I don't know how to sit in a, shut up, Mark. That is not me. <laughs> that I don't know how to sit in, sit in a board meeting I, I, I and collectively give ideas or to go out and hold conversation with people I've never met. Like I might have social anxiety, but mm. I can still, I still have these, these bases of communication. And a lot of our kids do not. They don't like, it, I have one little boy in my class who struggles with his emotions. He he, he, he lashes out. He's horrible, right? However, if I give him my iPad, he'll talk into my iPad and tell me what's going wrong. But if I sit in his face and ask him what is going on, now you done hit your friend in the, in the head with a block and now I got to write an incident report. I have these kids who know their their parents' phone passwords. They was giving me their parents' phone passwords. Like, my password is 0028. What? Wait, hold on. How do you know that? Like, also, they're like, yeah, her face ID don't work. So if mommy ever leave her phone around me, it's up, right? But you know her phone password. Why? Because as soon as I get in the car, mommy give me her phone. And I just, I'm on YouTube all day. Well, when you do your homework, huh? Huh? When you do your homework? Because I ain't get it in two weeks. I'm, but I'm, you're I'm, on YouTube. I'm going to hit on both of them. So the reason I say media is because, like, when I was growing like, when we were growing up, we had those shows like Martin and the Fresh Prince and Jamie Foxx shows. That, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm old, but <laughs> shut up. Um, if you look, if you think about it now, it was like uh, aside from the first Prince and Family Matters, them shows show hella toxic ass relationships. Like Martin and Gina were toxic as fuck. Like Fancy and Jamie were toxic as fuck. Like that shit was toxic, yo. And like that, like I can understand why. And, and, and then you also got, like Mark said, Real Housewives, Love and Hip Hop. You you, you got all of these shit, and like, even the older shit was like Flavor of Love and all the rest of them shows. I love New York. Love uh, yeah, I know I love me some New York. Like, <laughs> you had all of those shows that shit was nothing but toxicity when it came to relationships. So, like, people don't value relationships like they, like, they, like, like, previous, like, in, in previous years, like, the corny shows like Family Matters, they did they, they showed functional relationships. It wasn't all good, it wasn't all bad, but it was functional. Like Fresh Prince. It wasn't all good, it wasn't all bad, but it was functional. Like that, like media, media like kind of like fuck people up in that sense. And then on the side where it's it's, it's the parents, like just like Tia said, you have kids raising kids, and then like the kids who are raising the kids feel like nobody can tell their kids anything. Like they they feel like their kid is right and it shouldn't be nobody like no nobody can correct them. They, like their kid is right, everybody else is wrong. Like their kid can do no wrong. I have something to say about that. Ahead, My like, problem isn't kids having kids because kids been having kids for millenniums. Like it's, mm. it is what it is. I think the biggest thing right now is that we no longer value community because all the older generations you had grandma, you had mama, you had aunties around, you had this big place, and like a lot of people lived in one community, and so your auntie was around the corner, your grandma was down the street, like you had everybody in one place, but there were so many things that were wrong or going wrong within our community as Black people that a lot of people, one, were American. So we're already very individualized. And then after we encounter so much toxicity, because growing up, there's a lot of things that our parents did that we don't agree with and that our generation doesn't want around anymore. And so since we're so individualized, instead of working within our community to make things better, we've just started detaching ourselves. So now the problem isn't that kids raising kids, now it's kids raising kids by themselves. So Mm -hmm. now- we have a lot of people in our community that don't talk to their parents or don't talk to their grandparents or don't really have a good support system. And there's a lot of things you don't know at 25 that you still have to learn, but you're not learning that because you don't have those people around anymore. And now you're raising another person and you're still figuring this shit out every day. Right. Oh, me. Um, so me and my brother were having a discussion um, was it on I think it was Easter or it was Mother's Day and um and he was talking about how how the trajectory of all families has changed over the course of years which is where you know change came and came to effect and how if you look at our family and how we were raised our kids are going to take after what we learned as you know as we grew up but my family is very different and Tia can definitely uh you know can definitely tell y'all this because we have we actually sit down we have like a corner in our house where we sit down and have family discussions we talk about things that are going on in our lives things that are going on um 
within society or just, you know, just critical topics that you don't tend to have as, you know, as people. And we just don't do that. And our sense of community, yeah, we still a relatively effed up family. <laughs> don't get me wrong. We have our flaws. Like, we definitely have our flaws. But there are a lot of families that I've been to or I've um, been invited to their houses and I see how they talk to their kids or I see how they don't have that, that avenue for them to go and talk to somebody or ask questions to or something to that nature. And a lot of our kids today are just, just people in general don't have that where they can go and talk to and confide, confide in someone and not just their therapist or their teacher, but someone at home. Because even though, kid, even though we're not at home 24 hours of a day, at least nine of those hours, you're still within a, you know, you're in your family unit. Family unit, I found. Mm, mm, you're mm. in your family unit. You better preach. And so in, within that family unit, you have to be able to learn how to talk. You have to know how to take care of yourself. Is it, if it's emotionally, mentally, spiritually, et cetera, like what things are going on health-wise in your family? Um, how are you going to deal with your emotions? Are you able to talk to talk about your emotions with someone else? Are you able to talk about it with your, your parents, your siblings, et cetera? A lot of people don't know how to talk because they're scared to or because they don't have anyone. So I wholeheartedly agree on that. Cause like growing up, yeah, we had these conversations, but I was terrified to talk to my family about what was going on in my head, my suicidal, uh, my suicidal thoughts, all of that. Terrified. Oh. To this day, I only have maybe like two or three people that I can probably tell them and be like, all right, outside of my therapist, I'm gonna like, we gonna talk about it. But oh, that's, that's it. And that's there, there are a lot of things like, that we're not taught. Like I can tell you now, I love children, but I learned a lot of my stuff about raising a child by working in, in working with kids all of my life. There are so many things that parents say they get wrong. You're never gonna get it right. you you parents don't get it right. And nope, we it's don't. a small we, victory. We because I probably like I don't have kids of my own, but all my god kids, I learn day by day, like there, a, a person is a person. Like everybody goes through something different. Everybody um, has different emotions, different feelings. We grow differently. We come from different households, different families. So like when we're integrating each other, you're not only integrating society, you're integrating that little person and their personality, the people around this personality, their school upbringing, if they have one, their jobs, et cetera. You, you have all of these different factors that feed into what a person is or what they're going to grow into. And it's not just like communication, but communication is a very, very big one that we don't have in our communities anymore. And not mm -hmm. just the African-American communities, but black and brown communities, Caucasian communities. I've seen more Asian people communicate better with their communities and with their people than I've seen with any other race on this earth. And Indians. I by far love the, the Indian household. I, by far, I don't agree with some of their rules, but people ain't going to agree with a lot of our rules either. But I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly love the dynamics of their family, uh, families, at least the ones that I've been in. And I wish sometimes that I can get my family to be like that co-parent, uh, co-adhesive together. I wish, I wish. <laughs> 
It was a post. Um, some Indian girl was like, someone asked her, like, how did you get your doctorate, right? And she's like, my parents quit their job. They moved to America from India and they helped me raise my kids for five years. They moved into my house and I didn't have to find a daycare. I didn't have to worry about how I was going to study. I didn't have to worry about how I put food on my table. And a minority girl looks a lot like me. So if you know what I look like, you know what she looks like. Um, she goes, I don't have that luxury. And the girl mm. goes, why? She goes, because my mom don't care. She hit me with the, I didn't lay down and have that baby and I'm not going to raise that baby. And mm. I read this post to my mother. And my mother looked at me and said, well, I mean, it's the truth. Girl, you fold like a lawn chair. I had Woo! a baby who would fold like a lawn chair. You love sure baby. That I can do everything that I needed to do. However, mm -hmm. there are some people who do not do that. They feel like they did everything alone, so you must do everything alone. And you think it is mm -hmm. empowering me, and it is fucking me up. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's hey, not hey. helpful. When you have family, and they're, they're right here, and they're within reach, and they don't even reach out, they don't help, you create this this heart and around your heart and it's like I, I'm only by myself I have to raise this person by myself not realizing if you came together this little person that you're raising can take each like amazing part of everyone around them and become an amazing person and raise their little people hey, and I don't hey. know if it's just like black and brown communities where it's just like everyone has to fend for themselves but it's just becoming a more apparent thing like now I'm by myself. My baby father probably may or may not be in the picture, but we probably miss lack. We lacked pieces growing up of how to be healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And now we're raising this person and they're not even getting the best parts of us, but they're not right. getting the parts of my parents either or my grandparents either or my sisters right. and brothers either. My friends are helping me raise these kids and they might not have the best parts of them either. Right. right. And Yo, I'm gonna I'm I'm say this, and I may I may get bashed for this. And while what while what what I'm saying is kind of sort of accurate, some people may take it the wrong way. Like, and and it's fucked up that it, it sounds like this. But as a community, we only come together when extremely fucked up shit happens. And when I say extremely fucked up shit happens, for example, Buffalo, for example, George Floyd, for example, Breonna Taylor, for example, Amar Auburn. We come, for, for example, Sandra Bland, we only come together when like extremely fucked up shit happens. But it's like when, when we need, when kind of so when we need to come together, we come together and it's kind of like a blessing and a curse because that's how the Indian dynamic stays strong. That's how the, the Asian dynamic stays strong because they, they are together no matter what. Like, okay, we here, we here, boom. This is where we stand. Like, with as far as like our community, it's not like that. It's sad, sad to say it is. It's, it's not like that. It's really but not. It's hard to compare our communities to other people's communities because mm -hmm. when they came here, they came here and they were able to build community. They were able to plant seed and send back for people while we were taken and brought here. Mm -hmm. And every time we try to build something, it's broken and it's intentionally broken. So it's like mm -hmm. a kid. So if you are doing something good and you get punished, you stop doing it. You start doing the things they want you to do while other communities are able to come here and plant their feet and do the things that they want to do because they had the luxury 
of being in that space to be able to do that. Exactly. All right, guys, we're going to pause right here for a little bit. We're going to pause. We're going to take a brief intermission. Uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to finish the discussion. All right. guys welcome back uh to the second portion of chosen discussions where the topic is changed uh we left off with a very um you know great uh segment lead off with alexis or lex mm-hmm. our lex and uh, we're gonna go ahead and finish it off with lex and whoever be your queen to be. i don't remember what i was saying <laughs> we was talking about community yeah we talk about community lex Y'all gotta start this one off. I... And, uh, you wait. We were talking about community. And you wait. You wait. You, you were talking about community, and you were saying that um, that uh, the age like other other um. Oh, other we can't we can't like, compare black communities to yeah, other communities because they didn't have the same. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah that's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm about to say something. Everybody might not agree with it, but uh, I'm have to say, do we really need integration? Because I don't know. All black everything don't sound too bad at this point in my life. I'm not going to get my own little separate bathroom, own little waterfall. I don't know. Bitch, what? Maybe we need to separate and become better as a community instead of integrate. Maybe we could, like, got all the things that we needed. Yes, like being treated better yes but still has separation because it's okay okay i wholeheartedly understand where you're coming from because my stepdad definitely believes in the same thing he feels that we would be better as a community if we were never integrated in the first place right however this is my point you know this is my opinion you know however i believe because me being of mixed breed or the mutt clan is what they want to call us, since you know we have everything and then some in between us, where would the mixed people fit in? Because I can't. You pick the two sides. No, I can't because white people gonna say I'm not white enough. Mexicans uh, gonna say I'm not Mexican enough. Black people gonna say you're too light skinned which is what they already do now, and I don't fit in. So I can't drink from either one of the water fountains. When I go to school, I'm gonna still be an outcast. So where, well, where you is that with the other, You hang out with the other mixed kids. Y'all gotta be y'all, y'all gotta be the biracials at that point. Y'all gotta yeah. mm-hmm. y'all gotta <laughs> make it a whole new race. We make it a whole new race. Y'all gonna come together a melting pot. You know yeah. what? Listen. Anywho, disregard Tisha, that. Disregard Tisha, it. Tisha is Cre- Tisha is what we what Creole would describe as passe blanc. Is 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 Creole word is. It's technically mixed breed, but it's, it's not really mixed breed. It's still black, like so. Yeah, it, it like she got the, the Creole thing going on. She she's a little bit of she a little bit of everything. She like gumbo. Yeah, she like gumbo t-shirt. Yeah. Not gumbo. Yeah, you like. You're gonna make me look at gumbo in a whole different way. Finish my. Like I'm gonna still eat it. You like gumbo. Let, still gonna eat it. Let me finish my point. <laughs> Let me finish my point. I honestly feel as if integration was needed. For, for all of us, because we, I, I don't think I can live in that time and era and still be counted as three-fifths of a property. Even though, if they don't change the constitution, change, 
we're still classified as three-fifths of a property, which is why we still get treated the exact same way. And as years have changed, yes, community, in a sense, was good back then, but it was more so, it was toxic. You had families marrying off their daughters who didn't have a say in marrying someone who was 30, 40, 50 years older than them, having kids by someone they didn't want to. They didn't, they didn't get to choose who they loved. They didn't get to choose where they went to school. They didn't get to choose where they lived. And then women didn't have a right. So if we never integrated, women would have never got that voice. So we would have still been at home cooking, cleaning, having popping out baby, 13, 14, 15, 16,000 babies and change would have never occurred. Because we have to understand that integration caused a lot of things for women. And it would, that's with us being three women on this podcast. I would have to hold on that thought because that goes into intersectionality. Because a lot of the rights that women were getting, they just wanted to give to white women. Exactly. So it's definitely a point of, yes, these things started the ball rolling, but they weren't rolling for Black women to begin with. We exactly. just kind of got it because we put our feet down and keep it pushing like we do at all points. So yes, but no. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would have, I don't think that would have brought us together as a community because we're still not together as a community. I'm trying to tell you. We, ha- we hate each other more community than we were now. You said what? I said we were closer as a community than we are now. I don't know. We were closer Gosh. than we are now? Hmm? That's yes. We were closer to the community in the previous century than we are in our current. Yes, we are. Yeah, that's we, we were all. We, we all had the same battle. We, we always we dealing with the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, no one's shit was worse than my shit because we was going through the same shit. But mm-hmm. once we kind of just like moved past that and got into this, it's kind of just like, well, they gave us these rights, they gave us these things, and. I use mine to get here and you're still there. So mm. now we have separated ourselves. We aren't as close as we used to be. Like it used to be black versus white, right? That it was the basis, black versus white, whether you was man, woman, child, dog, cat, horse, whatever, right? Now it's black man versus black woman versus white man and white woman or Mexican versus black or you half Italian and black versus you're all black brother or sister, or it just kind of got smaller. But the the battle was just like, I don't know, I was, worse is not a word, right? It's got worse. Like Naya, for those of you who know my sister, Naya is half Italian. Her dad is Italian. They are also Jewish. Naya is a African-American Muslim technically, right? So when she goes around her family, you can't sit with us. It's literally what that is. Why? Why? Anybody give me a reason? Because technically y'all all have black and Jewish and y'all all have white, like, but why? Right? But then you have my brother who is the same complexion as my mother with the same face as my mother, who is also a African-American Muslim man, right? He gets into that circle and it's like, well, you can sit with the men because you are of that what is that gender right so it's it's different these lines get blurred really like 
differently for different people, which okay. doesn't make sense. So I kind of wanted to go ahead and jump in and say this. Uh, I feel as if we shouldn't have adopted some of the cultures that we did after we integrated like actually integrating is one thing like you know being able to go to the same places and do that stuff and then being treated equally that's fine but i feel like we should have still kept the same mentality that we had and not integrated their mannerisms and integrated their um mentalities and then i'm pretty sure that we probably would have still been in the same space of like back when black wall street was a thing and that's led to like a lot of kind of issues. And then that led to the whole crab, like crabs in a bucket mentality. Because if you look at some of the, some of them, like look at the CEO, look, look at like how like the white collar businesses do things like the really big fortune 500 companies or whatever. Oh, costume change. Nice. Um, but if you look at some of these fortune 500 companies and then you'll see like they like people will push down others in order to make it to like that next level and we as a community as the black community kind of have adopted that and in the wrong actual sense because in a business place you know of course it's a dog eat dog world but we shouldn't be adding that to like the actual community to where it's like we're dragging each other down we're you know doing all of these different things in the actual community and preventing us from promoting each other and growing in success. Like, as far as integration is concerned, like, the fucked up part is we we wanted the same rights as them, but in us getting the same rights as them, we gave we gave up most of our quote unquote civil liberty. We gave up our, our like we. Like we literally gave up our like, okay, we got to sit at a lunch counter. Cool, we got the bus. We we got to sit anywhere on a bus. Cool, we got the voting rights act. We got the civil rights act. Cool. It's like every time we got this, we kind of gave up a little, like a little bit more of our fight. So it's like now, it's like now when we need that fight the most, we kind of really still we we don't have it. Like we don't have it. Like we don't have it, and and the, and the crazy thing is that the same things are still happening. We're still being denied, like, like we're still being denied voting. Like, we're still being discriminated against, like in every sense of the word. We're still getting killed. We're still getting killed and drove by the people who are quote unquote sworn to protect us. But I honestly, we're, I'm we're sorry. Still, oh no, I was about to. I was about to end it with. We're still. We're still. Like we're still getting killed. Like we're still being exterminated by the like it's still the same thing. We're still strange fruit here. Nothing, nothing really has changed. Like think about it. Like think about the similarities of a Trayvon Martin to Emmett Till. Think about the similarity to Michael Brown to Jimmy Lee Jackson. Think about uh, Breonna Taylor. Think about Brown and Taylor and Sandra Bland to um, um, Latasha Harkins. Like it's still happening. It's, it's like a never. It's like a hamster wheel. So this is what I'm getting at. Like I get like trust me. All of those examples are like pure facts of that things have not changed. Like the more things change, the more they stay the same. 
my whole thing is like with the civil rights movement, the whole thing we were looking for was equal right, equal treatment. Mm-hmm. Literally, the whole purpose of that was to be treated as equals. And they kept fighting and fighting to be treated as equals. We still have not been treated as equals, so the fight never really stopped. That's why the Black Panther Party existed, because there was never a stopping of the fight. Like, it's not that the fight stopped. It's just the fact that the people who are still fighting are getting less exposure compared to how they were back then. Because now you can cover up everything with all of this other shit that's going on in the world because we as a country are nosy as hell. Not going to lie. Every, we worry about everybody else's business. We worry about everybody else's business but our own. Yep. And I do wish well for all of those that are going through different things, but we need to focus on fixing home before we fix anywhere outside of the house. Mm-hmm. That, did you see what happened in France? Bitch, we happened in here. Did you see what happened in South Carolina? Did you see what happened in New York? Did you see what everybody always want to act? Did you see on the right. news what happened about something that is not at home? Right. Sir, are you serious? Prime example. Prime, prime example, prime example, like mental health, mental health in the African African American community is it's it's not it's not taboo anymore. Like you can't tell me that the guy a couple of a couple of months ago, the guy who shot up the people in, in the subway in New York, you cannot tell me he he was in his right mind when he did that. That dude was not in his right mind. I kind of feel like he was put up to it, but that's just me. But you can't you can't tell me he was in his right mind. Nobody in the right mind does something like that. Like you can't. So like, but they but they but they sweeping under the rug. But it's it's being swept under the rug for other issues. And and then you have situations like what happened in Buffalo two weeks ago. And you're like, oh, well, like the first thing one of his one of his family members said was, uh, the uh, pandemic drove him crazy to the point where he started shooting up black people. That wasn't that. No, not crazy. He did that because he did that strictly because he has a disdain for African-Americans. You went into a food desert to a store that nobody looks like you to where you stuck out like a sore thumb. You planned it. You premed- this was premeditated and you did this. So yeah, you can't tell me that like, like, because people, that's the first thing people start bringing up about mental health, mental health. Is something wrong with mental health? No. It's always when it's a YT person is mental health. You just can't be a racist bastard. Because if I kill somebody that look like me, then I'm a bitch. But you can't wear your label. You can't be racist. You just can't be racist. You got to have some kind of mental disorder. Okay. I honestly feel like we are getting totally derailed. We were, we, were. We, we are, are. <laughs> we are, but this is a good over, another I'm podcast. Here, Keep this. I'm sitting over here staring at the TV. There you I'm, go, turn my camera off. Oh my god! But I was just talking about how, like, our fight still did not change, but the way that it's being presented did, and the way that it can be covered up has definitely changed compared to back in the '60s, where they really didn't have a whole lot of stuff that they could use in order to cover it up. Because it was going, hmm? but they covered it up. I mean, it was easier back then as well because they controlled the media. Yeah, because they controlled everything, so they covered it up still. Now back then, word of mouth. Yeah, and then back then it was a lot of people just illiterate. A lot of them couldn't read. They couldn't do that. They 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 didn't know better. Like 
in all honesty, when they when they put them on that slave ship, they fought to get to to come over here. They fought. They fought their asses off to stay at home where they were where they were from. And like what Lex was saying earlier, is that our our community didn't have that same that same. I can't even think of the word. Drive, fight. No. Um. Luxury. There we go. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. <laughs> we didn't have the luxury to pick what we wanted. We didn't have the luxury to say, oh, we want to come to America. We want to do that. We want to, you know, we didn't have that luxury. We were, our ancestors, not us, our ancestors were chained, placed underneath ships, slave ships that didn't have enough space, that housed 1,200, 3,000 people at a time that... Ooh. Literally, some of them died from whatever diseases that they had on the on the boat, and whoever made it over here is who got here. But they didn't have that luxury to say, "Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that," because when they got here, they were already counted out. And still to this day, yes, I do believe our fight is still the same, and it's just changed in how it looks. But that's because everyone is trying to also preach this American dream when it's really not one. Yeah, we have the most freedoms out of any country around the world. I give you that. I give you that. We can do a lot of shit here. We can. Ooh. But does that does that equate to what our freedom actually is? No. And does freedom actually change that? Because in all in all honesty, if I walk outside my house, I do live in a suburban neighborhood. Now, didn't always. But if I walk outside my house, if I was to call the police and say somebody was looking at my house, if I don't sound white on the phone, they're not coming. If if I walk down the street and I can I can get followed by somebody and still be profiled, what freedom is that? What change has it what, what change have we had? We have so many different amendments that don't equate to us, but we look at them as if, oh, those are our rights too. But they're not. The 14th Amendment literally states that we have an equal protection and that all of us are free, right? But that freedom was only given to Anglo-Saxon Americans. It was never given to us. It never looked, it never looked at us because they never wanted to change it for us. And if we, if we ask ourselves over and over and over, why does our community look the way it looks or why do we act the way it acts? It's because we were, we were not only taught to live by this American dream that we were ne never a part of, but we were also taught that everyone else was better than us or that we were ugly or that we weren't smart enough, we weren't able to do that. And at least 75% of the working class in the higher working class, 1% are African-Americans. But yet we still don't know how to be a community because we're so gang-ho and being a part of the other society. Just because they run everything doesn't mean that we can't change the uh, diaspora of what we do, how we do it, how we come together, how we do that. And Josh said it earlier, we don't talk about these. We come together when something bad happens, but do we truly come together? Talking yeah. about it doesn't do anything. Being about it is what it is. Like, uh, like Martin Luther King said, be the change that you want to be. We don't know how to change because we don't want to. I think one of the biggest things that we don't talk about how 
is that racism comes with community. And so a lot of white people, like a lot of people who- Hey, one more time for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Because a lot of people who do these things, like they go and shoot people is because they have a community behind them. They have people feeding them this information. They have a place where they, they feel comfortable and safe and they feel like they want to do things to make their community better. And so they think in their mind, well, black people are taking over, they're taking jobs. And so we have to eradicate them so my community can thrive while the black community is very individual. We've been groomed to be on our own, dependent by ourselves. And you can tell by a lot of things that were fed growing up, a lot of rhetoric that's around like, once you turn 18, you have to leave. Or like, um, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. It's very much you are an individual, you are a person, and you don't have the background of people who support you. And so these people that go out and mutilate Black people, they do it because it makes them feel good about themselves because they feel like they're not only doing it for themselves, but they're doing it for the greater good or for their community. So when we talk about racism, we have to talk about, well, why, why are they so comfortable? What, what gives them the space to feel like this is why they should do it? What gives them that space? And it's just other white people, man, you know? Because when you're just in a space where people comfort all the ideas that you have or they're feeding you certain ideas, then you're okay with it. And then you know there's someone that, that will back you at all times. So black people don't have that. They don't have a person that they know will back them at all times. No, we don't. We have a few. We have a few. And I'm not saying it's all white people either. Because there's mm. some white, there's some good white people out there. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of good white people out there. White Jewel, people uh, Kelly. Kelly, done. I'll yeah. to. Like I can name, I can name a handful, especially some that's in my family on that side. I can name a handful. I'm not saying all of them. But racism is definitely taught. Definitely taught. And so, the white person. So, I want to quote Muhammad Ali on this. So, he said, Imagine that there's 100,000 snakes, right? And then there's a door that he can actually close. And then, out of that 100,000 snakes, there's 10,000 that meant right. And there's 10,000 that we're going to make sure that he didn't get bitten. Is he going to keep the door open and let those, is he going to shut the door immediately? Or is he going to let ten, those 10,000, all those snakes come in and then pray that the, the 10,000 that mean well to him circle around him and protect him? It's like, you, like, don't, we're not saying that, you know, there aren't good people. There aren't good, you know, clear folks that's out there. I feel as if there are too. I've met a few. That's perfectly fine. But the minority can't wait, outweigh the majority in every instance. Like, while there are good people, we do have to make sure that we also understand not everybody's built like that. Not everybody's gonna have that same kind of, you know, our best interest at heart. And so we have to kind of play things by ear until we figure out exactly where they truly do stand with us. Because it's like, I I can't really just know off the top of my head, oh, this person means well. And then next thing I know, I'm, I'm screwed over. Like, I'm gonna thank contribution. I'm gonna help. 
<laughs> Only Josh. Only Josh. Why? Why I gotta be Josh? Why does it have to be Josh? What he say? Gumbo. He he answered the phone while at work. Um, All right, so let's let's transition back into into change. <laughs> we can definitely have that conversation and keep going and keep going, but let's definitely definitely change it back over into um, our last two questions. Well, last question because well, I think we answered the other ones for the most part. Accidentally, yeah. Uh, yeah, accidentally. <laughs> um, but is there a healthy balance of isolation and socialization that promotes positive change? And if so, what? I feel as if there is. Um, because it, speaking from personal experience, you cannot always just, you know, surround yourself with somebody. There's going to be moments where you do have to figure things out on your own end. Like having a support system is perfectly understandable and that's perfectly fine, but everybody can't give you the answers. is literally a walking front like everybody can't give you the answers like you can't cheat through life the entire time like what winds up happening is you're going to get some stuff wrong or somebody's not going to have the right answers for you because what applied to them does not apply to you so there's some stuff that you have to figure out on your own end um but still having people in your life that you can actually lean on and rely on and people that you can talk to is a positive thing to have and so that's where like that balance between that isolation and socialization comes in. So you're saying that it's possible to have both. Yes. Yes. I wanna agree because right. I wanna agree. <laughs> um but I feel like like if we're talking about change, maybe our generation can, the next can't. If I don't know how to properly socialize and all I know is isolation and that is my safe space, as I grow, that is all I know. I'm not open to change. So maybe our generation can, right? Sometimes it's okay to be by yourself. Your social media run out. You know that about yourself. You know that sometimes you do need someone to help you. You do need a friend. You do need somebody to spark that in you, right? But then the people who are just like, I've never done this. I don't know how I'm scared to. Their safe space is by themselves. They they just thrive by themselves. Then I don't see anything wrong with that either. I think if we're talking about the next generation, then we definitely have to identify if we're talking about socializing physically or through technology. Because a lot of our current generations, like generation out, 10 year olds and down, they socialize through technology. Like my little sister, she's 10. So that makes her the top of generation alpha. And she hates school, which I thought was strange because I like school because I got to see my friends. But when I was growing up, that's the only time I could really see my friends. She has access to her friends 24 seven. So the thought of going to school doesn't appeal to her because she knows it's just academics. While she can FaceTime her friends, they get on Roblox together. They be uh, group chat and FaceTime and all the above. So we definitely have to think about what 
we consider socialization for the next generation. Yeah, uh, it, I, I think that was also one of those case by case things as far as with socialization at this point. Uh, because like, again, like, like, as you stated with us back then, socialization was literally, hey, we, we finally get to, you know, yeah. each other at school. We haven't seen each other in like, what, three, four days like, that you had sick days you were doing? Yeah. Like, what's up? Majority, majority of this generation has zero, little, well, little, I'm going to say zero, but little to no socialization, socialization skills. When, well, I don't back, think that when it, we, back when we were coming up, we actually played outside. We actually spent time like outside the house, like playing like on the block, playing basketball, playing whatever, like doing whatever. And they don't like, they don't have that. And it's not because they don't, it's not because they don't, they don't just don't have it. They just don't want to. They, they would I rather. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think we just live in a different world. Cause like when I was growing up, my parents like be home by streetlights. And yeah, so I, I'm halfway across same the city. I'm gone on a bike. My friends come yeah. outside my house, they're like, let's go, get on the bike, we out. My parents, my mom does not do that with my little sister. She can't, it's, it's a different world. Like kids, mm. yes, kids are being kidnapped when I was younger, but the way kids are coming up missing these days, you can't just send your kids outside by themselves anymore. So you it's know? definitely the technology, but it's also the right world is very place. But they're doing it on a different, different platform too now. Like. Even with that, even even though we had, you know, I had to, I used to get followed a couple times. <laughs> I, knew run, I knew how to run home. Like even if I was far, that that bike got me some places. Listen, but nowadays predators are just using technology now, and we don't know what's on our kids' phones. We don't know what's what's what they're doing on their computer. Even if we have those parental locks and whatnot, kids is tech savvy. They know what, what they we were doing. We was on uh, AOL chat rooms. I don't Girl, know. Key Tunnel was my thing. I had a Firefly. I had the Firefly phone. Fire. I didn't call nobody. I had my mama in the police. <laughs> I had my mama in the police. I was in chat rooms, baby. I was having a great time. I don't know if Mr. Big Booty 87 was 12, but we was in that bitch chatting. Yeah. My MySpace, that those top that 10 friends, those were the only friends I had. What? Yeah, I mean, and then things aren't like the same because I, I think that some of this stuff is now there. Some of the folks are getting more, I wouldn't say smart because it's still stupid to be a predator. But, but they are getting smart. There is a, a world on Roblox where, so I play Roblox with my kids. I really don't play. I just be having my little avatar running around. They just want to see me. Um, but there is like a whole little chat room in Roblox where predators talk to kids. They pretend to be kids. So they talk wow. to you about things they know you you watch and all the things that you, you know, you like, right? Like there was a whole conversation and kids go to the park with their parents and they, they just whole happen to meet someone else. And there's a, always the dog, the candy, right? Like, so maybe my first month in, we went over stranger danger. If my kids see me outside of school, my kids don't talk to me. Why? Because Miss Morris is only Miss Morris when you see Miss Morris. After that, Miss Morris isn't Miss Morris, right? I'm Latia, and the people I'm around don't know you, and they never need to know you. You don't know them. 
right? Because if you see them somewhere else in Walmart, you go, oh, that's Miss Moore's friend and now you're kidnapped. So you only know me in this space. If you ever see me with someone, do you speak? My kids say no. I said, you know, I love you, right? It doesn't mean that I don't love you. I love you and this is my way of protecting you. When I'm on Roblox with them, their parents like follow them around. I really just follow my kids around. I don't like know how to play because they don't really, they're five and they don't know how to teach you. But I just follow them around because you can see what people are saying to them. And all of my parents have infants. They have, they just gave birth maybe two months ago. So I can see if someone says, hey, let's go here. And I can follow and see because I've been so, I've been in so many situations where someone did try to meet one of my kids. Someone asked them what school they go to. A five-year-old is just innocent and will tell you, oh, I go here and now I see this man circling the block and I've never seen it before and he has no kids here. And it just becomes like this weird environment. People don't really teach their kids about stranger danger. They just say, I'll never let my kids out of my sight. But it's not even just out of your sight. There was this thing going around on TikTok where uh, they would have teenagers to be in an exclusive type of group chat or group or something, they had to get on TikTok and just post something naked. They had to post their body naked. And then once they posted it, the person that like unlocks the group would let them in and then they could take it out. But they had to keep it up long enough to join this group. So there were teenagers who were just getting naked on the internet to be a part of the in crowd. And so it's like, it's not just young kids, it's the older ones as well who want who predators are really preying on them wanting to fit in because that's what you do when you're a teenager. You want to know what's going on and uh, where everybody at and what they're talking about. And people know that about humans. People are nosy, people are curious, especially teenagers. So it's definitely a interesting space about socialization at this point because people want to be in the spaces to socialize with people in these spaces. Where is Chris Hansen when you need him? Damn it. He'd be running around crazy at this point. You just need to get all of them in a big room and be like, hey, why don't you go guys have a seat? I never realized how like how on alert and on edge you have to be, not only just working in the school, but working like in the community. Like, for example, this job I'm working at now, like I gotta be on alert here because like this is this is an open space so they can like people can come in here and try anything so i definitely like my antenna's got to be all the way up and it's not like and that helps me in being a parent because it's not only helping me protect other people's kids but it's helping me realize and like know how i gotta protect my own and my nieces and nephews like auntie matt because auntie matt protects everybody He talking about you? She know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about it's okay. She's going to raise my kids. She don't even know. Auntie Matt. Auntie <laughs> Matt protects everybody. Like how y'all just be throwing y'all children at me. I know I'm an amazing godmother, but we not doing this. I didn't already raise two kids and gave them back to their parents. And you could do the same thing a third time. Stop acting like that. <laughs> <laughs> I come back before <clears throat> they turn five. I just need to get out of the the crying all day thing. So give me like three. At three, I'll come back, I promise. Tia gonna be at brunch and the baby gonna be at home crying. 
My baby gonna be at brunch. What you talking about? We gonna brunch together. Well, we're gonna go into the, our last brief intermission so we can come back and close it up, everyone. Y'all is crazy. All right, we go. Mm-hmm. So, uh... All right, guys, we're back from our very last intermission. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, close it out with this question. Um, to each and every one of you who is on the panel, is there something that you are wanting to change? And if so, are you willing to put in the work and or the effort to do so? And it doesn't have to be in the community. It doesn't have to be with just yourself. It doesn't have to be with other people, et cetera. It can be whatever you feel the need necessary to. It can be holistically or it can be holistically. It don't matter what you decide. It's just all you, sweetheart. So whoever wants to start off first, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um... What do I, what do I want to change? Mm, okay, to say this is like full transparency, which is crazy because I didn't think of it till just now. I want to change the way I view myself. I see that other people people view me a lot differently than I view me, and sometimes that makes me limit myself, right? So because I don't see myself in this capacity, I don't shoot for the stars, right? I don't aim for the moon. I don't even jump. I'm, I stay comfortable. And then I meet someone else or one of my best friends texts me and tell me I'm amazing. And I'm just like, no, like I'm not. And then like, I really wish you could see me the way I see you. And then it puts things in perspective, like, damn, well, maybe, mm. maybe I haven't reached my full potential because I'm scared. Maybe I haven't jumped and afraid of falling. Like, but what if somebody caught me, right? Like, so this year and hopefully every other year moving forward, I'll change yeah. the way that I see. That was beautiful. So yeah definitely so i i'm i want to change like the future for my child like i'm gonna i what i plan on doing is trying to teach them the way that i was taught you know while being fair but still stern but still like showing them that i do love them when I do have a child, like I do want to show them that I want to let them know that I love them and I'm there for them and teach them the different things that I learned and the things that I didn't get a chance to learn until I was, well, an adult. So that way it can be easier for them to give that information back to their children and, and so on and so forth. But I don't want to be you know, selfish with that information or selfish with like the growth. So I would be more than happy to like try and, you know, teach my child, whether son or daughter, like about caring about everybody and, you know, having humanity in a sense. I think a lot of, a lot of folks kind of either miss that boat or they don't 
have a way in order for that to be taught as of right now. That was me telling you to go, Lick. <laughs> me. Um, I already know the change that I want to make. I just, I it's more of like a ten-year out thing that I want to do. But I was born and raised in the hood of Detroit, and so I want to create a community center. And so it's going to have three or low-income doctors, dentists and eye doctors and then it's gonna have resources that i think that the hood needs but they don't really have access to so it's gonna have like therapists and chiropractors and um yoga instructors and things like that things that are more of like a holistic thing that aren't the the necessities but it makes life more enjoyable and then it's going to have like other random things like a laundromat or like a pool and things like that. So that's, a, that's one of my big goals to create that right now. 10, 15 more years when I get my life together. Yes, but that's my change that I want to input into the world. Okay. Josh, you will. Okay, my change. Um, I want to be more compassionate. Yeah, just be more compassionate. Like just having having grace. I want to have more grace. Um, and just not be such of a asshole, so to speak. Um, um, and also just um, just be a better father. Just like. Um, just continue growing and learning as a man and as a father and making sure that my son and future kids and wife know that um, I'm, I'm there for them and I'm, 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 I'm going to continue to be there. And I'm, yeah, she might be on this call. Um, yeah, that's my change. Uh, All right, I love, I love it, I love it here, yes, love it. Um, my change. She didn't catch that. I heard you. I just decided not to say anything. You know, not gonna deal with you today. Oh, I didn't hear it, do not today, Satan. <laughs> Whatever. Um. I, the change I want um, is definitely something that I have to, to see within myself um, is not being so isolated to the point that I don't see myself living anymore. Uh, it's gotten, definitely has gotten a lot worse over the last year. Um, and I want to the same same thing as Tia. I want to see what everyone else sees in me that I can't see in myself. Like I have this podcast who motivates everyone 
in anything. And half the time, I'm crying after I finish recording every podcast every day. Or I sit in my room and I don't socialize with people. And if I do, it burns my soul. (laughs) But I want to be able to be that person that everyone sees, the one that they see writing a book who's who has a book that's completed and still hasn't done anything with it. And, you know, being that person who can talk in front of people, who can, who can see herself um, not just as what everyone else saw her as, but being proud of who she is and changing that even though I have all of these degrees, my degrees don't define me, I define me. So definitely changing, changing that aspect and then also um, taking the reins from my parents because they started a nonprofit back in 2012 and they kind of just let it go. And it's, it's one of my passions because it works with kids who've been in and out of the system and don't have anywhere else to go, but giving them a place to go and uh, avenues to take for them to have a successful life after they just made a mistake and taking the reins and changing it and trying to, you know, have that be something better than what it is now. So definitely having that change and whatnot. So, yeah. Beautiful. All right. I thank each and every one of you for being on this podcast. Uh, as you know, you thank are you honoring members. Us. As you know, <laughs> you are honoring members. And I love each and every one of you dearly. Um, this has been an amazing, an amazing two-year anniversary to me. Even though it wasn't done on the day of the two years, I was dying last week and the week before. I was just damn sick. But we got it. We got here. But And it was, definitely was an amazing conversation. Um, so last-minute details on how Chosen Kings and Queens is changing over this next year going into year three. We will be um, condensing the amount of times that I do promote um, Chosen Kings and Queens podcast. It will now only be aired on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. And Chosen Discussions will be the third weekend of every month. So you'll get 12 Chosen Discussions of the year. (laughs) And out of 52 weeks of the year, you only get three a week um, because I am bleeding myself dry and my health is starting to be affected by that and a lot of other things. So I have to condense it. And if you don't get a message on Wednesday, it's because I need a sabbatical. Okay, so you'll get it Monday and Friday. Don't worry about it, (laughs) but it'll be great. You'll see some changes, some new artwork, and we're going to be transitioning over into video podcasting towards the end of the year so look forward to it look out for it and i hope each and every one of you has a great rest of your sunday bye guys so before we do end this i do want to say that uh as you know member of the panel, i I think i do speak for everybody here on this panel as well as all of the listeners that's out there we do love and appreciate you very much and thank you for being here for these last two years and going into this third so we want nothing but you being healthy and being able to progress forward thank you yes we do we love you lady just love Love you too josh kiss my neck for me oh she said it oh i see that literally that that literally has made my day
that's made my day, like for real, for real. Like, awesome. I don't even need to eat breakfast or anything. I'm good for the day. I'm full. Make no, a touching I'm moment full. and then make it this. Right. This is supposed to be the end. That was it. Goodbye. <laughs>